All right, so I think it's me to start this time, Sarah. We'll go with that. We'll, we'll go with it, shall we? <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> gonna be pa- I'm just going to go for passive-aggressive this episode. I Constantly. Yeah, no reason for it. Just going to try it. It's like, today, you woke up and you chose violence. I, I chose violence. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, no, passive-aggressiveness. Passive-aggressive, sorry. It's the second level. Yeah, it's you the go, level down. Yeah. yeah passive-aggressive, aggressive, violence. Violence, pure yeah. violence. <laughs> All right. Hello. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And that was perfectly timed. That was beautifully timed. Hello and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include them in our role-playing campaigns. With me back again is my wonderful co-host, who's definitely not being passive-aggressive at all today, <laughs> Hamilton. Hello, Hamilton. Hello, Fiona. How are you? Since we last saw each other over uh, 12 hours ago? Yeah, 12 hours ago. Less than 24 yeah. hours ago. Yes, you had a flying visit to my fair city and we just sort of met up for our usual of five guys, yeah. <laughs> which is always always lovely and uh yeah you're, you've been back and forth to london quite a bit recently for various work things again which... tomorrow back again tomorrow two meetings Gosh, just God. busy 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 busy, busy, busy. But, uh, but it was really lovely to see you because I, I haven't seen mm. you in person since we did dragon meet and, and obviously the live show and stuff in yeah, person that's a good point yeah that, yeah that makes sense <laughs> that yeah. makes sense yeah oh, good <laughs> I was like, I've seen other people in person. It was like, oh, that was Am and Chloe and everyone yes, like that. Yeah, you had your own little trip out to to Am and uh, yeah. Will's place to do some recording as well. That should and... be coming out in February. How exciting! Oh, but you doing well otherwise? All RPG and D and D stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, Kickstarter's <laughs> just going off. It just keeps going, and you're just like, going. Ah. <laughs> Warhammer's doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Building some more. I did some painting, which was fun. It was nice to do yeah. a bit of painting at the weekend, so mm. that was good. How was Curse of Strahd? Because since I last oh. saw you, you've had a Curse of Strahd uh, session. We have, yeah, we've had one or two. But uh, yes, so I we're going up uh, Mount Garkis towards the Amber Temple. And we, you will have heard us talk about, obviously, Curse of Strahd when we talked to Travis last season mm. about it. And now you know sort of that the Amber Temple is like the hardest bit in the game, essentially. Mm. it's a, There's a lot of encounters, all that sort of thing. They're level six. And I haven't pushed them to go towards the temple. Like, the, one of the artifacts is there, and I kind of mentioned it, and they're like, we should just go. And I'm still going, okay, great. I guess we'll I guess we'll go then. And I'll be honest, the last session was was really good. They fought off, like, the first bit of it where some uh, gatehouse guardians came and attacked them. They almost threw Arena off the side of the cliff, which is always a tricky one, because yeah. um, she's kind of important. Mm. Then they went into the guard tower, and I'd put in there uh, a skeleton to indicate that no one's ever been there, and that person had frozen to death essentially over the however long like it and then one of the players was like well i have animate dead so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna animate this creature and thankfully it is an unseen servant but then i was like oh but now i could put a bit more lore in that oh. in barovia when you animate something like that they do have some sort of they're not just completely like no consciousness etc oh, yeah. so they couldn't speak at all but then i was able to put in like a little clues to the uh order of the dragons instead of argon vost holt place yeah they took a long time getting over a stony bridge because uh, they thought it was going to fall, which is a you know classic. Like I'd scared them too much, so we just yeah. did twenty minutes doing that, which is fine. And then we ended the session by me throwing uh, an avalanche at them. So oh, yeah, classic. Classic D D with Fiona. Well, they rolled quite high on the encounters, and I was like, well, I do have an avalanche encounter because you're going up a up a mountain essentially in a snowstorm. 
And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And the, the best part is that in a couple of weeks' time, at time of recording, we are going to do an in-person session. So I do think we might be doing the Amber Temple in person. That's great. So they'll be, so they're still on their way up the hill at the moment. Yes, they, they haven't died yet. They have they haven't died. I love how it's like, they're on their way up. They haven't died yet. I was like, not yet. As anyone who's played through the Amber Temple knows, um, there's a great possibility that it might die straight away. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. But they do have like Liam and Tiny Hut, which is basically like, oh, let's quit. Is it 10, 10 rounds? It's one minute, isn't it? To cast it, yes. But uh, once you're in it, as long oh, as the person who casts it, it lasts, yeah, for, as, long, as long as that person doesn't move out of it. And so they've got a nice little warm place. So they're very lucky in that respect. But um, yeah, but we'll see how it goes. It's not a good combat like saver, though, because oh, you have to survive 10 rounds to do it. It's not, not like Rogue Trick, which is like instant. Go, 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 go. Exactly. But yeah, so it's all going well. But I did think to myself that if we'd finished the Amber Temple, I know, stupidly, I was like, oh, well, we right there, we'll do it in a couple of sessions, or they'll leave, etc. If we don't do the Amber Temple, I was thinking of maybe doing the, we discussed it in the Book of Many Things episode, the dungeon with the cards. And I was like, because that would be quite mm. fun to do that one in person, perhaps. The maze-like one, you mean? Yeah, yeah. the one where it, each room is card-themed. I love that. I might learn that as a backseat, just in case something really bad happens. Like, I don't know, there's a TPK and I'm like, all right, we go through level two uh, and see if they can get out that way. Oh, like as a sort of like, here's purgatory, here's a way out of purgatory. Exactly. If you can survive this, then you're back in the game. Yeah. If you don't, you're dead dead. Oh, because we discussed how fun it was and how like, because obviously it comes from that original sort of like the House of Cards adventure. Yeah. I, it's very Fiona, I realised. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I love, I love like, ah, oh, it's this card and then placing it down and be like, all that sort of thing. And going back quickly to Curse of Strahd, I know we need to get on with the actual, actual episode in a second. It's all right. I, we should. I can't just constantly talk about my game for all the episodes of DMs. Well, that's what I plan to be here for. <laughs> <laughs> I found some uh, ambient soundtracks specific to Curse of Strahd, mm. including there was one um, that does the Madame Eva's readings as, as somebody just reads out all the cards and you can put your own together with some music underneath it. So I thought of literally repatching what I did as a card reading with the voice. It's like a ah, the beast, the beast sits on his throne. It's it's very like that with and you have a set nice. music track. So I was like, I could do this. And like it. it sounds way too much effort. But I thought that's a nice quick repeat. We could just play it like that. So um, I like that. Nice. Where did you find that? Did you say? The people that do the Madame Ava tarot card ones, they're called the Guild of the Black Crow. And okay. they do lots of ambient sort of like sounds specific to the Coastal Strahd, but to other ones as well. And then the other one is Sword Coast Soundscapes. Sword Coast Soundscapes. You can buy them on Bandcamp. They're on Spotify as well. Oh, okay. Like I always use the RPG music maker person who's done like great concept album art, like very intense. But if you want sort of ambient sounds of like going up a mountain, etc., that's yeah. easily loopable. The Sword Coast Soundscapes and the Black Crow folks are... I, I just I, I I used them as white noise as I was working yesterday. <laughs> oh, I'm a mountain. Yeah, that's what I okay. thought as well. But that's not. We're what not going to talk. talk about? We're not here to talk about white noise soundscapes. Hamilton, what are we talking about today? Rangers. Oh no! Back again. Say, <laughs> oh sorry, violence is it? No, we are talking about monks. Yes. Fists of fury. Kung Fu fighting, martial artists, supreme. Mm. I, I've never played a monk. Have you played a monk? I've played it like one or two times like as a one-off thing. Mm. And I did very cool things. I remember doing it going, oh, this is really cool. And now after reading the base sort of setting, so obviously today we're just going to look through the base class features and then the player's handbook classes if we get time to do it, etc. I'm like, oh, I'm actually really keen because yeah. if, I guess... 
for me, it's like, it makes sense of like, if you could see the battlefield, if it's more, rather than Theatre of the Mind, if you could see like an overview of like where everyone is on the map, you could really go, oh, so I'm going to move here, punch. I'm going to go over here, do a quick sort of key point thing, punch, and, and just work out your way to do a really cool, almost like, board game as if, if, yeah. if you've ever played gloomhaven that idea of like yeah. moving your people into perfect position to do their attacks mm. i was like oh I, this could be a really fun character if that's what you like if you like to be able to manipulate the battlefield and you know get the best out of your abilities monks seem to be like the coolest thing to do that with mm. no i totally agree and feels closer to a rogue than any other class does yes. in that sense is that sort of like multiple actions multiple mm. abilities to do that it feels like the sorcerer to wizard version mm. of the rogue to monk, if you know what yeah, I mean. Because I, I think so. Yeah. This is much more about managing a pool of points, like just because of the sorcerer points, key points, I guess, yeah, really. But it's yeah. about the way that you maintain and manage your levels of that. And also, like a sorcerer, it's replaced at short and long rest. So it becomes a very much more constantly uh, affecting thing, what rather than like a rogue or like a wizard, where it's mm. definitely a day by day sort of thing, or and yeah. things you do are consistent and constant in a kind of way. I, I'm not going to say rogues are like wizards, but I'm saying that <laughs> in any way. But I think monks are very much like sorcerers, like the martial sorcerer. Yeah, with monks as well, because that means like every single turn you have a wealth of options yeah. open to you, and it depends on that. Your yeah, as you said, the spending those points, uh, sort of like your resources, that you you could really. Yeah maximize it or you feel like okay so the situation's changed a little bit uh, so you are very adaptable you're right about the battle map and it's like being a bit more of a battle master like because when you're a sorcerer making the decision between a quicken spell or a twin spell or bolden spell is kind of like subtle yeah all that sort of thing is particular to the environment you're in and Mm. judging what you're going on like twin well i can hit two people that means i could be helping my friend and attacking the one Mm. i'm attacking right now or do i just go for empowering the spell on this one focus on this you know and yeah. so you're constantly and the same with the monk it's like do i go for my flurry of blows now do i save the key point because actually they're probably nearly down so i can probably get them next round you know it's yeah. those sort of things you're having to take with you when you're playing yeah and i certainly will go through like the key point stances that you can get mm. as well and obviously depending on what uh subclass you get specific ones as well but because sometimes like the one i always remember from critical role is the stunning strike yeah. which it fails and then you can be like oh but i can spend another key point and try it again with mm. the next attack and so Again, it's that yeah. every single time you do something in combat, you are listening to what's happening around and then adapting to it. And I just think it's such a good way to learn combat in general or learning yeah. how the game works because then you're always constantly analysing what's coming through. Obviously, not every class is for everyone. But for me now, I'm like, I don't know if I would attempt this my first particular playing of D&D myself. Yeah. But now I'm like, actually... I bet I could really have fun with this and be able to move yeah. around the map. I actually find this quite exciting now that I've come to it. I totally agree with that. As a first-time player, I would be put off by the managing of something like key points. Again, it's a good way of point as well. Like looking at it now, I'm much more excited about wanting to play a monk yeah. because I don't think I can understand the game much better than mm. six years ago when I had... I've got my actual PHB out. I was telling Fiona yeah. today, the actual book one. You know, when I got this book in 2017, I was definitely not ready. (laughs) I was not ready. Someone in our group was going to play a monk. They pulled out, actually, in that first game. Mm. They pulled out before we even got to the table. uh, But they were going to be a monk, so I never even got to see it played then. I've had someone play in Dragon's Duel, because we've had everything. They were quite good. Mm. And obviously, you mentioned Bo, so seeing them Mm. play. There was a good one in um, Dimension 20 that I was watching. There's a monk as well, which Cumulus. Is a monk. Crown of Candy, yeah. Oh, Cumulus is a great character. Zach, yeah. Zach is great. <laughs> 
So one thing I wanted to quickly talk about is because obviously we're looking at the, as we sort of discussed, the, the monk class and the subclasses before one D and D sort of comes in this year. Mm. So the one thing I do want to say right at the top, because it's something I didn't realize, because I've not really looked at the most recent uh, UA etc. So there is a possibility that the key points of the word is going to be a name change to something called spirit points instead to sort of reflect to be more inclusive of the other martial art traditions around the world yeah. and not just as particular subset and also trying to get away because I will admit some of the writing around this yeah. could be seen as very stereotypical obviously very tropey because it's trying to emulate sort of certain fighting styles but as a result mm. it then sort of goes it's definitely this it's definitely that and obviously there's so many different traditions around the world that uses martial arts so it's just trying to be like key points we're going to maybe do away with it and have a name check so i just wanted to bring that up right at the top to see they are thinking about it you can flavor it as any trained uh, physical martial attack it's not like it doesn't have to be martial arts it could just be like you know you could use this as a boxer this yeah. could be just a, you know it doesn't have to be flavored in the way that as you say it is very much flavored with a uh, overview over the back of all of it but yeah you could just be boxer you could be uh, a wrestler it mm. could be any of those sorts of what's the, i'm looking for unarmed combat sorry yes. that's what i was looking for so just to describe what we mean when we talk about the word key is essentially mm. it is an element of magic that suffuses through the multiverse specifically through living bodies and the thing is like yes we could that idea of like we're all connected in some mm. way it's less magical weaves but you can see where you know people's hearts are beating all that sort of thing it's that sort of where you focus in and really take that energy yourself yeah it's playing off the chakra chi sort exactly. of like chakra points you see the diagram of the chakra points oh the body. yeah all the different remember. body yeah, yeah exactly and basically monks will train themselves to harness this power within themselves to create these magical effects and exceed their own body's physical capabilities some of their attacks can also then harder the flow in other opponents as well so it feels like again you could you could do a hit and whilst maybe we don't see anything particular as soon as somebody lands and then stops then they could just keel over because you've managed to hit them in a certain like pressure point essentially mm. again i very much appreciate that it's not necessarily blood and guts and split it you know it's not yeah. it's not like that kind of go it could just be very simple like just hard hits done simple clean five finger death punch yes five finger death punch from uh, kill bill is definitely yeah. comes when I think about this as well. The stuff around monks and like, well, what is it to be a monk? And it talks about obviously that there's these uh, traditions, these uh, you know, monasteries, etc., where you could be left either as, as an orphan or maybe you're given mm. to the monastery to go through and follow these traditions, etc. And then there's this talk about like whether or not, you know, do they shun civilization? Do they practice or do they are, are they a part of civilization? Do they help? Because it's not about material wealth for them. It's about training and learning. And it almost has these philosophical thoughts around it. So it made me think, again, we talked about it in Planescape, that these factions have a philosophical goal or have a, mm. a policy that they adhere to. Same with paladins, their tenets of their orders, you know, this is what they follow through. And I think that's one thing I would have really loved with all these subclasses. It does a little bit of description of like what they're about and what they follow etc but i think i would have loved to have a little like description of each monastery sort of like traditions like what is our philosophy what do we look for when we're training it talks about like what it looks like and what their actions are but i think it would just be nice to really go like you know again like i'm thinking of like the pardons like tenets of like honor justice etc just to have that emboldened for each of the different ways you mean mm, yeah, yeah absolutely that's an interesting point actually it does give you some sort of tenants doesn't it like with the, the mercy one that we're not going to look at today but it just mm. says what it it does give you what it's about i think you know it's like dnd as well as it's like sometime it's about you can create those yourselves because i've Absolutely. now been thinking just briefly like making a fryer tuck 
type character who's Very like cool. a boxer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like this kind yeah, of the like frying pan out and frying pan like, yeah. and smacking people. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of seems funny. I don't know what they would be, but uh... to be from that sort of tradition where you have a very structured like this is your yeah. schedule, this is what you know, yeah. you're all part of a, a unit per se. So then why do you have a monk leaving to become an adventurer? Yeah. And again, it gives you suggestions like, were they exiled? Or was it that you're going part of a mission, etc.? I think you can also just suggest there the other option, which is that there is no monastic tradition here. Mm. You can, I think you can take all of that away from this if Absolutely. you want to. I think that's the thing. Like, I think it's worth mentioning is that like you can choose any of these ways. It doesn't mean you actually necessarily have to have all that flavor added mm. into the character because that it can still work without it. It's just a, mm. it's a baseline for it. And maybe that's what they'll do when they move forward, just to break mm. up down a bit of those abstractions. And that's why you could be a part of a, a group like a ranger. Like, it's always that question of like, why is the ranger here? Like, yeah. it reads it like, I'm a lone wolf. I don't <laughs> like people. I like don't like civilization. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, but you're in a party. So be nice. And mm-hmm. so like with the monk as well, you know, it's just if you have these things, like the four elements we're going to talk about, keeping elemental order, you know, mm-hmm. maintaining the order of elements could be a very simple one. Or it's just like, you want to do good in the world and you do that by exacting it in the ways you do. Be that even if you're mm. a way of shadow. Like, mm. I don't know. I, I want to find out secrets to stop the baddies who are yeah. doing all the secrets and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So you maybe go to more subterfuge yeah. ways, but that's the way, you know, oh, the ends justify the means. Exactly. Sort of thing. I would also say as well, we talk about it before, like, like oops, all bards, oops, all rogues. Same yeah. thing. Oops, all monks. You could yeah. have so many different kinds of monks. Yeah, no, we need to do a whole series just called oops, all. Oops, all X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd so love to do that as like a, what, a series of one shots. Yeah, no, totally. A hundred percent want that. <laughs> I now want Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's good. You you have like the teenagers off on their special first mission for the tradition. Yeah, exactly. All four different martial arts, like, well, they've got different weapons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. So again, when it comes to that backstory, I absolutely agree. You could just be like, I finished my training. I now go into it. But before it sort of talks about there is a sort of like isolationist theme that could be. A part of it that you're not maybe you're a bit more distant from the community, so maybe yeah. you don't have those connections like a to your backstory. You don't, maybe don't you don't have parents or you don't have guardians, yeah. etc. But it's talking about like what is your connection to this faith or to this tradition? Mm. Why is it important to you? And have and that again, it's that sort of giving something to the GM to bring back into the story at some point. So you're not just it's, like I'm a separate person and I don't connect to anything in this world. If you see what I mean. The other one is like you've just reminded me by saying that particular type is um, reading the Priory of the Orange Tree. One of the key characters, many, like uh, one you're getting sort of in first person perspective, uh, Iad or Iadaz, they're like a sorcerer from a secret sect that is trying to protect the world, not going to give too much away, but they've been put in to court through subterfuge like okay. king of their country has like said oh yeah they from my court they're gonna go to your court sort of thing mm-hmm. as like a part of ambassadorial connections role thing mm-hmm. they're not actually an ambassador but that sort of ambassadorial connection but really they're there to be a hidden sorcerer to mm. protect the royals of the country they're in oh. for the bigger reasons but it makes me think like you could be a monk that's just like I'm just a rogue. Mm. You know, I'm just a roguish character. You don't have to say you're a monk. You could be, it could all be hidden. Oh, and you true. play it out to the rest of your party. You're just like, okay, yeah, I'm here to 
do some shit. Let's, uh, you know, pickpocket our friends. <laughs> I'm a rogue. But really, you're a monk. <laughs> yeah, you need the context clues, perhaps, and that'll be, yeah. Yeah, oh, do you know what I mean? God. Just as that could be another way of playing it. Just this, like, uh, that you've been sent out on this mission. It's all secretive. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're combined. And maybe you do t- obviously tell your party after a while, but it could be a way in, is, is it another way? It's always quite fun to be like, oh, what kind of character are you? Even yeah. that, most, I, I'm always a big fan of that. Going, oh, that's, oh, shit. You know, now we've got this person person on our side or either for or against us or going for the same goals you know so yeah that's the thing it's kind of like the meta game is really hard not to engage with but i think you know sometimes you you just don't have to say you know Mm. maybe that's more interesting less is more yeah so looking at a quick build ideally for monks you Mm. should be putting your dexterity as your highest ability score followed by wisdom and the reason for that I didn't realize this until again I was reading the class features, and I, I know we're going to go into class features. Is that the unarmored defense adds dexterity and wisdom together? Yeah. If you're not wearing yeah. any armor or shield, and I'm like, oh damn, that's quite a big thing. Yeah, well, they have to boost that unarmed strike mm. somehow, and it was either going to be double your dex or add something. Else. And I think the wisdom works really well with the sort of yeah. connotations, as, but also just the sense of like the point is you trained, you are wise. It's not really an intelligence basing. It's mm. you are you can read other people, read their maneuvers. That's kind of perception, etc., is all linked more to mm-hmm. wisdom than it is yes. to intelligence. So it, that feels sort of correct. Mm-hmm. Like sports intelligence, they call it, don't they? As they always say there's oh, like <laughs> there was, you know, silly articles from the early two thousands like this footballer is probably the most intelligent person in the world because of their ability to perceive, mm. understand, read, and their brain is working at a different speed to actually most people. Mm. They were looking at like the rate of the brain waves and how they were processing information was mm-hmm. so much faster than people like sitting there thinking about maths or something like that. Right. But it's kind of, but it's a different type. Yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, it's, it's a different type of intelligence, but it yeah. kind of, I like, it fits with that basis. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, depending on the context of where your brain is the most engaged, yeah, gives you the the biggest benefits, so to speak. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. like you said, like if you're like my job is the American football person, and I have to read not only the other team, but I have to listen to like my teammates and then yeah. what the coach is saying. Yeah, I had never thought of that before. And then those subtle things that you pick up, like the way that you f- feel something move, but you don't know, you can't really digest it, but you know just by the action of a feeling what else is happening over there yeah. because you can. I imagine, you know, that sort of sense when you become really heightened to your awareness of like the wind blows, you know, the doors opened outside. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like when you know that in your own house, like you can tell where the doors open without seeing the door is open based on, and you probably tell which door it might be based mm-hmm. on where the air's moving and that kind of thing so that oh. it's that sort of i'm sorry is that a weird it was a weird no 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 i, I for that kind no of no i think it's interesting because then for me when we're going oops all monks i'm just like okay it's a sports team uh rather than like barbarians or fighters yes. per se i'm like they're absolutely all monks or it's a mixture of rogues and monks. Like, all sports team like yeah like a basketball team or like yeah. a baseball team i love it yeah no i'd even say football like of course you need the strength to go through right but yeah. i'm thinking like passing it around and outrunning people a hundred percent it'd be monks really like it's getting around people maneuvering and then obviously if you hit something they go down straight away but gymnasts then... just yeah, a gymnasts. bunch of gymnasts or anything like that yeah well there you go there's a, a first a few seedlings of uh, one shots going through there was there anything that you wanted to say particularly about like the initial sort of like proficiencies to talk? Because I know sometimes you have something to talk about it. No, I think they all make a lot of sense. Obviously, you don't have proficiencies with any armor because the whole point is to not. Uh, yep. Simple weapons, swords seem like a weird, you know, like you get short swords, but really mm. probably going to be using, you know, it. Yeah, it's because you're up close and personal. So it's going to be daggers, short swords, you know, more staffs, etc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
artisan's tools and a musical instrument i was like yeah okay yeah. i guess like there's always that famous art piece of the mm-hmm. monks always drawing the lovely scroll in like oh, yeah in, like, monks, you know, stuff, like yeah. British monks. i mean you sort of oh Western yes monks. like when they're writing the books and stuff yeah, the books, yeah stuff like being a classic and then also an eastern uh, monks with the sort of like creating of mandalas or doing beautiful yeah. pieces of art as a way of meditative mm. process and music being a meditative process so you can see that in both sides of the mm. east west coin just to take on what you've just said there i absolutely that's so true because i'm thinking to myself like okay being a monk is like a really cool fighting so you get lots of fighting stuff but then you're like but that's like 2d version yeah. of them what is it that we see them at their at leisure if yeah. they're not fighting or if they're not at work what do they like yeah. so yeah i think that's a way in is that the tool stuff is like what's their hobbies but it's also dexterous dexterous with their hands yeah. it's also like because it's not only meditative but it's also maintaining precision you know if you're going to be someone who's going to be fighting you imagine that you know playing the guitar gives you you know dexterity or looking like doing drawing again it's just hand-eye coordination it's all linked isn't it but i hadn't thought of that as a way to be like and so this is your 2d like amazing monk haha oh but they also love flower arranging and then it just gives you that another way to prompt like here's a story here's them in their downtime and just a way for you as a player to be like what else do they do what you know because i you know i always think like oh tools whatever but actually if you look at tools going oh this is something that they do that isn't necessarily but it supports their fight a little bit perhaps or supports their way of being but it's actually one separate so i had no sorry it's just the way you said it i was like oh i never thought about that if there's more on the page use what's on the page you know like make Mm. what you're building your character be your character as much as possible it doesn't mean mm-hmm. you have to add in extras as well but oh it's yeah 100 like, is everything that's there that the character sheet's giving you because then you source it <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much yeah saving throws makes sense i would have said why not wisdom seems a bit weird you technically you do get a lot of them later on. i know it just, I, yeah. I, I, I agree i feel like dexterity and wisdom for saving throws initially seems to make more sense but yeah they've got strengthened dexterity instead do people only ever get two i think so yes okay well fine Maybe <laughs> I'd say that. And then acrobatics, athletic history, insight, religion, and stealth. Yeah, I don't know. Other insight makes a lot of sense. You could have argued other variations on I think so. history, maybe could have mm. been swapped out for medicine, maybe. Potentially. Mm. So you think like you're very much aware of the human body and anatomy. Yeah. Potentially that would make sense. Mm. Even animal handling, because that's another wisdom-based one that comes to mind. It, it, dependent on like you could have a familiar. I know it's not part of it, but like you could have an animal companion. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking. No, like, no, I, I agree with you. I feel like, yeah, because these are all very, um, like certainly you've got two very like uh, yeah. very strength-based ones in the history and insight and religion and stuff. They're all very much like active, I think. Or like, well, I mean, history and religion maybe less so, but they're very much intelligence ones as well. Whilst wisdom checks, everybody do see medicine that often, do survival you? Survival again and medicine. I don't know. These just mm. felt to me. I don't know. History and religion felt very much thematic to the the fluff, mm. the extra stuff, yeah. which is great for if you're sticking with that tradition. But I would mm. say as a DM, like if you're going to go away from that sort of traditional role they put in the the book, yeah. I'd be happy for you to take medicine or yeah, I think so. animal handling or even I don't know, you could even take constitution as a like as an additional like mm. one or wisdom as an additional proficiency. As a, as a for saving throws, yeah. It's saving throws, sorry, in yeah. lieu of a proficiency. I'd be interesting to to do that. Start with less skill proficiencies but more saving throw proficiencies. Yeah. I just think the the monk as we've said earlier, it's mm. so open-ended how it could be manipulated into your own character yeah. that I think as a GM, you should come to that proficiencies as a very flexible thing. Mm. 
the acrobatics, athletics, stealth and insight seem pretty standard. But yes, again, yeah. you could argue your way out of any of them, I think. I think survival is another good one. You're like, mm. you've got a whole journey as you're like a hermit, as it says, to choose as the, the focus for the background. But whatever, mm. if you're going for that whole like traveling mm. solo person before you became in part of an adventuring group, survival makes a lot of sense as a yeah. skill, doesn't it? But I mean, yeah. you might get that from the background as well. Obviously, if you get it in the background, if you don't have it already, but then I'm always like, well, you get double proficiency. That's what I mean, yeah. You know, so it, it, yeah, I, I think because currently, as far as I'm aware, like in... The things that have double pressure usually is bards or rogues, etc. Because of yeah, the expertise. expertise. But this feels like an expertise martial. It feels like a very yeah. mix between the martial classes and the expertise classes. Mm. I think because it, it, well, like a rogue is. Rogue is a martial expert. Rangers basically a martial expert as well. It's mm-hmm. they just get a bit of spells. And then just equipment in general. Uh, you either start with a short sword or any simple weapon. Exactly what you said. You're up close and personal. You're not unlikely to be doing anything from rage per se. You do have ten darts to start <laughs> with as well. Yeah, but I'm now thinking of like. Just like bloke with a pint. Going, yeah, darts team. Darts like. <laughs> I mean, there's the way of the drunken master, isn't it? So way of the drunken master darts team. Yeah, oops, all darts team. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh no, because the names are so good. Because that's the whole thing. We had that thing in the UK recently with that 16 year old uh, yeah. darts player getting all the way to final. Fiona, this is it. It's a four darts team. All got to have amazing names with the nicknames like yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Jobs, the works. Bill the works jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you know that's what it's like. Again, just from my biases, I'm like, okay, monks they look a certain way. They probably have flowing robes. And then we've gone, okay, it's a darts team. And then that's a whole other image that you're yeah. putting, and you're like, together they are monks. Monks. Oops, <laughs> all monks. And it's like, oh, I love it. And they all they're doing their darts tournament. And it all gets taken down by dragons, and they're having to like a <laughs> like, dragon done. And how many points? Is, how many hit points have got? Oh my god, yeah, yeah, a hundred and hundred and eighty. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's it. You'd have to make it so you're like level twenty, so you could do hundred and eighty damage. Like that is. We have to do this now. That is amazing. Oh my god, I think we've done it. Maybe, Fiona, everyone has to have a dartboard and has to like throw darts to get to... Because there's 20. There's 20 on the So you could use the darts and that's your attack. That's your role. We're literally having a brain exploding moment, guys. Oh my gosh. This is like... Okay, (laughs) it's a live show at the... What's it called? What's the place called? um, Um, uh, Not Flying Darts. I know what you mean. The, The place in London, the chain place. Yes. There's one near me. It does darts. Light Club. Flight Club. So we book out Flight Club. Right. Get permission to record. Yep. All right. It's my turn to attack. Throw the dart. It's a two. Right. <laughs> you know. And then maybe you do the darts, the three darts for your damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do the first one is to, to, to hit, and then the other two is to do the... Yeah. yeah. And then obviously, depending on where you are, those damage ones, it indicates like uh, like if you get a, a four, but it's in the, the top, it's like, yeah. oh, 3d4 or, or yeah. whatever. Yes. Wow. I, I was going to say, like, yeah, I can imagine you having a go at practicing darts if you're in person. But now I'm like, we've just rechanged this whole bloody game now. Oops, all monks, the <laughs> live show darts. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to happen, but here we are. I did not think I'd be sitting here with you talking about darts today. <laughs> Let's get started with the class features before we get running away with this uh, one-shot idea that you've got going on. We talked about it uh, earlier, this unarmored defense that you get at level one. So that's Mm -hmm. where your AC equals 10 plus your dexterity and your wisdom if you're not wearing any armor and not wielding a shield. So that's Mm. very, very important. 
yeah, again, it could be quite high already, but it's about later on. The only way you can really change that is obviously if you're using those ability score improvements. It's going to be what? You could have plus three in both, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think up to, I think possibly 15. 15 at the bit- Three and plus two, maybe. Yeah, I think, I think 15 at level one. That's still pretty decent as a... I remember Bo got some braces, didn't she? Yeah, you get braces of like defense and stuff and like that. And that doesn't count as armor? Uh, no, I think it's a magical... Uh, magical right. item I think yeah magical items is that come yeah, up like rings and stuff like that and that's what and, I was thinking rings etc yeah that's what they're called like circlets circlets that's what okay. I was thinking headbands I think you also you'd also do get headbands as well but yeah, yeah. Uh, circlet sounds more fantasy it sounds more fantasy <laughs> than headband scrunchy the scrunchy of power the scrunchy of defence because your hair's not in your eyes yeah exactly plus free to vision the scrunchy of perception <laughs> I love how you could then the antithesis of that is the bangs of darkness <laughs> I cast bangs of darkness bangs grow no I, I take an action to cut my bangs. Do a performance check. Oh. You've got a Deschanel fringe. You're going to have like a, a disadvantage on any persuasion check because people are just going to look at your bangs as there is. Deschanel <laughs> fringe of disadvantage. Uh, also at level one, you get martial arts. So this is yeah. where you master some combat styles. Martial darts. Mar- oh, <laughs> sorry. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen the whole way It's going to happen all the way through. So basically, it's short swords or any mm-hmm. simple uh, weapon, melee weapons that aren't two handed or heavy handed. And you get the following benefits in the sense that you could use dexterity instead of strength when you're doing your attack and damage rolls, which makes sense because obviously your dexterity will be quite high. Uh, you get to roll a d4 in place of normal damage of your unarmed strike. So normally, your unarmed strike is usually your, your strength. Yeah, your strength modifier. But now you can roll a d4, and uh, you're like, okay, that's variable. But that means when you're going higher and higher up, and it gets up to d10, doesn't it? It gets up quite high, and I, I weirdly had forgotten that you have something called the so the martial die for this. I, I completely missed that out. So I might have been in that one shot I did. I think I might have been just using d4s constantly <laughs> for my extra punches and just doing like little taps here and there. So I missed out on that. So I'd keep an eye on that myself yeah. to remember that. But then also when you use the attack action to do an unarmed strike or your monk weapon, you can do another one for your bonus action, and that's before you use key points. So that's the other thing as well. Obviously, we'll talk about key points. And, you get two hits, basically. Yeah, if you use uh, a key point to do uh, like flurry of blows you can get two but even if you don't you can still do another one for the bonus action as well so I thought yeah pretty good on that front by the way I've just seen unarmed strikes and thought of the sequel bowling team <gasps> oh my god we have to write this down this is your kickstarter we don't need to write it down it's literally it's in here it's written it's vocalized <laughs> we've got to we've got to get it out the on kickstarter team. straight away yeah <laughs> And you know whoever doesn't want to be a part of the the monk team, by the way. You know who, yeah, if they're like, oh, I want to be, I don't know, a bard or I want to be, a, I don't know, a fighter who's not as good as the others for whatever reason. Mascot. They're the ones in yes. the costume. <laughs> like, they, maybe they get pulled out and they have to play at some point, but definite difference. Oh, but, I mean, saying that, the mascots with the monks inside them could also be pretty good. When you level up, you get the little uh, slide thing. And then when you get to level 10, they put the sidings up for you. You know oh yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For the, for the level bowling. 10, at level fifteen, you get the little rolly rolls it for you ball thing. <sighs> yeah, yeah it rolls exactly. it down. Oh. Yeah. So then at level two, we get our key points, which we start off with. Uh, your level determines how many points you have, as it's yep. shown in the column, etc. And when you start at level two, you know three sort of uh, features. Mm. You get the flurry of blows, patient defense, and step of the wind. When you spend a key point, it's gone. It's basically a part of your pool, and you get them back on a short and long rest. Which again, I was like, oh. I think I only did them on long rest last time. Mm. So that was me learning that as well. 
But it does say uh, you must spend at least 30 minutes of rest meditating to regain your key points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know if I'd be like, so, you know, what are you reflecting on? I think I'll just, you know, I need, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have that requirement per se, because everyone else is doing short rest or long rest. I assume it's exactly. fine, you know. Patient events, then you spend one key point to take the dodge action as a bonus action. So yep. you basically get to be a rogue uh, and <laughs> step in the wind. Uh, spend one key point to take the disengage or dash action as bonus action. So yeah, it's just, as I said, it gives you that. Yeah. And your jump distance is double for the turn. Again, that'd be quite exciting to do that. Step it away to be like, and then doing your various sort of like total wipeout, but you're absolutely acing all of these challenges. Oh yeah, they'd be great at total wipeout. <laughs> so yeah, essentially that is cunning action yeah. with this key point spending just for the monk uh, mm. rather than the rogue. Then second level, unarmed movement, which is just your speed increases by 10 feet while you're not wearing armor or wearing a shield. It's bonus increases when you reach certain monk levels, so you get super fast. And then when you're at ninth level, you get vertical surfaces and across liquids on your turn without falling during the move. So cool. Which is just so... I'm just I'm seeing so many like amazing bits of Naruto where they run across yeah. water. Arms There's that back. fight scene between Jiraiya and Pain, which is on the in the land of water, and it's all on water, and it's just that and the little like you hear that little the, the, the sound effects so it's the best fight ever in an anime personally for me that fight it, those two fights with the pain but that one just visually there's some amazing oh so good anyway oh, that's, no but that's cool because i was like what would i do as a touch toad to see, show how yeah. i would move across and so that looks very cool right yeah. i was thinking of those lizards that run across the water yeah, that look like, like ah! Like, yeah, they're like yeah, yeah, moving their arms about. That's how I imagine it would be like. I mean, maybe that's when our... our oops, uh, all swimmers oops or something. All I don't swimmers. know. <laughs> I'm just now thinking from Flight Club, we've, you know, you could just imagine them running across down the down the Thames, just across the Thames. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, got to get there to Flight Club. Yeah. <laughs> Level three, that's when we get our subclasses, which we'll come back to. Uh, and again, that happens. We get features at 6th, 11th and 17th level as well. Deflect missiles, which I think most people right. will be aware of. It's such a cool, again, I'm like, oh, this is, I forgot about this. This is really cool. So using your reaction to deflect or catch a missile that's yeah. been hit at you. Very important, this uh, ranged weapon attack. So mm. you think, oh, man, anything that has the word missile on it, I catch magic missile. That doesn't happen, unfortunately. That all automatically yeah. hits. So you probably put your hand out and it just hits into your hand and you'd still take the damage. You don't have yeah. time to, to grab it. You just get to look freaking cool, like... Like grab it, you get to grab it. You get to grab the magic missile, but it just explodes in your hand. But it's yeah. still cool. <laughs> okay, you maybe walk it off a little bit. You go, yeah. As you catch it in yeah. your hand, you reduce the damage that you're taking by one d ten plus your dexterity modifier plus your monk level. So again, that's going to uh, stack yeah. quite quickly. And then if you catch it, if you reduce that damage to zero and it's small enough, you can spend a key point to just throw it back at them, which is great. I love that. As a, I, the only thing I wondered is that if you were a creature that was large, for example, mm. and so catching in your hand, say, I don't know, a cannonball. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just, I mean, I think I would just have that rule that, yeah, you can do it. If you're a just large creature. It, aren't you then? Yeah. Ne- yeah. Proper like... neoing with the bullets. Yeah, absolutely. Look at it. You can just yeah. drop it like he does, or you can throw it back if you want. It, there is like obviously a range on it, so you know, twenty yeah. feet and long range, sixty feet. But I, I still like that idea of going, yeah, just throwing a cannonball, just like <laughs> it makes you want to be just like the monk yeah. that never engages in combat and just yeah. runs around in circles, catching shit. They're trying oh to my hit God. Them. catching, throwing it back, catching, throwing it back. It's the ultimate frisbee team. That's. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of all the sports now. Dodgeball. A dodgeball, yeah. Anything like that where you just catch, take that damage, and then whoa, throw it back. Exactly. Ultimate oh. frisbee. <laughs>
Then we've got obviously ability score improvements. We know about those. Slow fall also at level four. Mm-hmm. Using your reaction to reduce any falling damage you take equal to five times your monk level, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, again, that's pretty good if you're suddenly just falling in there just to be able to slow yourself down. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And extra attack at fifth level feels about right. Same as a lot yeah. of other classes get it at fifth level. Mm-hmm. A stunning strike, which you mentioned <sighs> earlier, which is that you can interfere with the flow of key in an opponent body, which kind of comes down that idea of the medicine feeling mm. that I had. So when you hit another creature with a melee weapon attack, you could spend one key point to attempt a stunning strike. Target must succeed on a con save or be stunned until the end of your next turn. I just want the darts person hitting it like straight in the point in your body, which like next to the back of your like the, no, but yeah, the back like, of the neck neck, of the neck just... where it's like the sleep point you know where you press the button then you go to sleep sort of thing where they do the sleeper hold you do that with the dart and they're just stunned but even then like you play for us like they can't believe you've done this so they're yeah. just incandescent <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they're so stunned by the the amazement of it. Level six, you have a key empowered strike. So that just means your uh, unarmed strikes now count as magical, which is very, very important because obviously it benefits you to be doing more unarmed strikes or simple weapons, etc. So now that you have that, you're not going to have necessary plus one extra stuff. Your, your fists, these fists are also weapons, you know, that mm. sort of thing. Evasion, level seven. We've used this before with the rogues. Okay. Uh, we love it. That uh, idea that you dodge out the way, get dexterity saving throw to take only half damage. Instead, you take mm-hmm. no damage if you succeed or take half if you fail. Again, it's another little extra thing. And what I love is that all these early ones, they're really like, oh, I can see this being really cool in, in combat. So not today. You know, that sort of like mm. catching things, surviving things, jumping out the way. They're just all over the place. And it just, really it cool. feels very exciting just even to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Like a rogue. Still, <laughs> stillness of mind at seventh level, you can use your action to end one effect on yourself that is causing you to be charmed or frightened which is pretty at level seven as well and it's not like the shitty poisoned condition it's something Mm. that you know dragons face stuff they use charm they use frightened and so you just be like no there's not a lot of people that can undo that so easily so that is so good then we get to level 10 and then it goes they're really cool now you obviously you're the master of key you're now immune to disease and poison okay yeah good and and the answer is nothing. It's nice to have an immunity, but it'd be like, have a bit more. Can I have yeah. something else? You're immune to disease and poison, and you can pull the poison out of your body and reapply it to someone else. And throw it as a missile yeah, towards exactly. someone else. I think maybe immunity to maybe the poison condition and or maybe the, oh, maybe even like the grapple condition. I don't know. I would say you now get proficiency in constitution saving throws. Yeah. That's when you get it. Mm. Oh, you know what? That makes so much more sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah proficiency in constitution saving throws would be, the th- I think that would be the next thing. Yeah. Tongue of the sun and moon. Ooh, how exciting. At level yeah. 13, you learn to touch the key of other minds. You understand all spoken languages. Okay. Uh, any creature that can understand the language can also understand what you're saying. You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Nice little flavor. But you probably have either items or someone in the party that can cast telepathy or comprehend yeah. languages which is quite a low level spell just means since seventh level where you just got really cool you can stop being child or frightened you've then just got one a lot of levels where your key's going up your hit things going up but you're not getting anything more to play with you're just getting more flavorful stuff which you could always get in role play anyway yeah exactly or you're going to be in lands you probably explore you know you're at 
the sort of third, from second to third, sort of like, oh, we're now being well-known adventurers. You're probably going to be in lands where people can speak different languages or connect to you. Like other people yeah. can do it, not just you. So yeah. I don't know. And it makes sense that the next one, Diamond Soul, 40 master key points give you proficiency in all saving throws. Nice. Fantastic. Which is a bit more Jack of all trades kind of like thing. Yeah. The fact that they're going to do that, why not just give you one extra one at 10th level to boost it up? Yeah, and that you could choose which one it is, perhaps. I mean, but they give you intelligence at 13th, like to go with mm. the understand all spoken languages. Yeah. You also gain proficiency with more intelligence. So you get double proficiency to intelligence things, investigation and understanding of people. Or insight, perhaps. Yeah. And then with the Diamond Soul, that 14th level as well, when you make a saving throw and fail, you can spend mm. one key point to re-roll it. So you're basically looking yourself. Mm. So again, if you had a feat of luck and this, this would be that's those are the killers for me, is saving throws when you're like, this matters. So yeah, yeah. I'd love that. I love being able to spend my resource on re-rolling saving throws like that. Really like that. Then you've got Time's Body again. <laughs> you fifteenth. So yeah. we've already had purity of body, and then you get timeless body, which is like you don't age. You can't yeah. be aged magically. You can still die of old age, however. In addition, you no longer need food or water. This is something I think the druid had as well at some point, and we're all a bit like, makes sense, I guess, because you've mastered your whole body. But it's like it's just green. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm just eating vegetables constantly. No, you're photosynthesizing. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, another flavor, which is great. Totally makes sense. But I think. Please give people more. Like, don't be so mean. Maybe this is me being silly now, but like, if you had like splitting up in terms of levels, so like, say one to five, here are some things that might happen to monks at one to five. And then when you get later on, so say between 15 to 20, you're like, okay, you are in the peak of your condition now. Mm. So monks here don't age. They don't, and it's a flavor of it. And here are the yeah. features you get, and it's more the mechanics of So I think you need like a little bit of like text saying like, what kinds of monks yeah. we expect to be at this level and what maybe mm. role plays of. And then here's the mechanics that you can get. I'm trying to think think like what you could take for the age one like the body one but maybe again it's like a, well you can't be magically aged you can use your constitution bonus now additionally mm. to your wisdom and dexterity when you're using your fight so all you know when it says you use your dex and wisdom for yeah. your ac you can now use your constitution additionally mm. for your ac because that makes sense Ooh, because like yes your body is tough. now your body is now a timeless body so like you can't get hit if they get past your mm. wisdomous your perception you don't see it your dexterity to get out the way quick enough if it just still hits you you're just the body like, is still body's yeah. Just like yeah what <laughs> you know yeah. it's like oh ow yeah or even just when you're healing stuff you plus your con modifier like it's like because your yeah. body it's quicker to it's quicker to heal itself because it is it's not as fragile or you can double all heals. You heal yeah. doubly. Yeah. Great. That should be like 20th level feature. We're going to get mm -hmm. to 20th level. We're all going to be very disappointed, everyone. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. This is spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But you weren't that surprised. <laughs> then at level 18, you get another key feature called empty body. There's, they're all very thematic, like, you know, timeless body, diamond soul, all that sort of thing. Mm. You can use your action to spend four key points to become invisible for a minute. I think that's pretty epic. Again, might be nice to have that a little bit earlier, just so you can sneak mm. around and then, then have that first sort of drop of a surprise round, perhaps. During that time, uh, as you're invisible, you have resistance to all damage but force damage. Again, that's pretty good. So even if you see, you're still going to half that damage. And even if it's like a fireball, you've got that evasion as well. So you just properly like taking down as little damage as possible as uh, you're invisible and then you can spend eight key points as well to cast astral projection which again very thematic uh, that you could go into the sort of the astral realm you can't take anyone else with you totally fine uh, that that to me kind of makes sense yeah but it's like okay cool they're focusing very much on the flavor part of it of like yes. oh you're a monk so you astrally project but yes. it's like yeah okay it feels very outdated it's a cool thing but then you're like well 
what else could we do with this? I could get into the astral plane. Cool. What can you do there? Can you find a tree so I could do what? Can we, yeah, plants? tree strike or something. Yeah. I don't know. But you can't, I don't think you do that between planes. So, like. No. I wonder if you would replace it with a more combat useful spell. Because it's something like I would use in combat, per se. How about this? You, at this point, you can use your key points to heal yourself higher. Or you can use a key point to cast up to a fifth level spell on the sorcery table. You're basically a sorcerer now. Or you can druid. You can choose from the druid or sorcerer table yeah. a number of spells up to level five, and you can use a number of key points to cast them equal to the level. Yeah. I think that makes sense because, yeah, that idea of sorcerer. Yeah, and druid, it's coming from you. The key energy is coming from you. So, yeah, I like that. And then it could give some suggestions of what kind of spells they could be. Because, yeah. yeah, I could imagine then going, okay, let me write down some spells that this will be really cool to do. It feels completely fine to like you you talk mm-hmm. about it's all based on a magical inner ability so yeah. why can't you manifest that as magic externally yeah i still think more spell abilities like flaming fists you know or like green flame blade you can apply onto your hands oh my god that would be so you know I mean? cool you punch someone with green flame blade and the fire then spreads not to that person but also to the person behind yeah, them exactly yeah uppercuts absolutely yeah, totally like all those sorts of things like Give us some magic. These fists are also weapons. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then level 20, the perfect self. Oh, this is perfect. This is the ultimate one. For yeah, it can't wait, right? So when you roll for initiative and you have no key points remaining, you regain four. Four of the total 20, 20. you have at that level. Yep. And then you could easily then just spend those four to become invisible and then leave the fight. <laughs> so if you don't have none, yeah. your 20th level thing, purpose, is Rubbish. a waste of everyone's freaking time. I think every time you start a fight, you regain any lost key points. Baseline, I'd say you are one with yourself. You use, for your AC, you now use all your stat blocks oh, added together to make mod- your AC. So your modifiers Whoa. all create your AC. Yeah. All of them so one with your own body that you can use your intelligence your wisdom your charisma to manipulate yourself and the battlefield around you and the people that you're playing with like even you can use your charisma you're giving them back chat and stuff like that you're giving the one-liners exactly you're using all of that that gives you a a super ac that's true that'd be cool you don't have to spend key points to do dash actions or any of the cunning actions so you can choose that's just an additional bonus action Mm. you get cunning actions basically for free no key points changed i wonder if you just go i have legendary actions (laughs) as as a monk like i could just do a do a turn whenever because i'm so at one moment I, i can see the threads you know yeah you do not have an initiative you you can take your action anytime and you can take an additional action. It yeah. doesn't have to be at the same moment. You can take an action now, you can take an action later. You have the order of initiative, you have two turns. You always have first initiative, you always are top. You always go first no matter what because you yeah. are so quick. So that first initial sort of mm. first 10 levels, you know, all the first seven levels really, you're like, oh, there's lots of stuff. And then you're like, uh, okay, we're at the end. Phew. Yeah. But yeah, as, as a quick look, I'm like, oh, I get very excited because I'm like, I could definitely see, again, if we were doing this in person, if we had a VTT, mm. I'd be like, all right, hold my drink <laughs> and go from there. 
I feel excited about it. I feel excited to be to then think about the environment because normally yeah. I'm the sort of person who doesn't really think about where I'm going or what I'm doing here. I'm like, mm. ooh, but I can run up walls now, so I can get to the top, and then I could do just jump from the top and then smash into someone like drunken master way or something like that, and then yeah. pin them to the ground, and then you know I could just do other things, and it just makes you think about outside of the box of typical. I run up, I slash, you know, with yeah. the, my sword. It's a definitely a whole completely different way of playing the game, isn't it? Mm. So um, yeah, it's really exciting. Then we've got some optional class features, which I'm assuming yes. have come from um, Tashers. Tashers. Mm -hmm. So dedicated weapons. You train yourself to use a variety of weapons as monk weapons, not just simple melee weapons and short swords. So when you finish a short long rest, you can touch one weapon, focus your key onto it, and then count that weapon as a monk weapon as we use a feature again. Chosen weapon must meet these criteria. The weapon must be simple or martial. Mm -hmm. You must be proficient with it. Mm -hmm. It must lack the heavy and special properties. So you can take a rapier. I think it's good because then, again, this sort of thing means that you're not just going, oh, I've only got a short sword, you know, and it's not just, you can expand out the list a little bit because there's quite a few simple melee weapons that you can choose from as a result. It's not melee. You could have a bow. That's true. Before you had to be up and close. Now you can be further away. And so, yeah, instantly it opens it up so that you're not constantly in melee, which is probably, which is a nice option to have, actually. Yeah, I'm saying. Then you get a key fueled attack. So at third level, you can spend one key point or more as part of your action to make an attack with an arm strike or a monk weapon as a bonus action before the end of the turn. So that just is adding that, that you're using your monk weapon. It's not the unarmed strike that you would do before. So before it just said like you could use your bonus um, action or spend a key point, you do like you know, your unarmed strike, but you couldn't do it with... Uh, oh, it just changed it to that. That was it. Yeah, yes. that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I thought as well. Quickened healing, which is something that we talked. I talked about, like yeah. there's no healing thing. Spend two key points to roll a martial arts die and you regain number of hit points equal to the number of roll plus your proficiency bonus. I like that. I just don't know why there isn't a lot of healing stuff. I know there is in some of the other ones, but in the base, as you said, like when you're like, you don't age... You should just regain hit points at the end of your turn. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. that would be a good one. Like, that's a good high level one. Like, you regain your level plus, or you roll a certain dice at each level, and you mm -hmm. get to regain that. Like, you just you're just regaining health. Like, so, so many monsters do that, don't they? Regenerate. You're using that key energy. You're using the energy within your body, and you're channeling it into certain mm. areas. Uh, so yeah, it totally makes sense. You're like, okay, I need to strengthen yourself just for the next fight. Like, it's mm. like temporary hit points. Maybe it's temporary hit yeah. points rather than actual hit points because you just like, just you have to brace yourself for the next uh, impact. Yeah. So once the fight's over, then yeah. you like have to then actually properly heal up. But in during the fight, you can gain the temporary hit points, and they last until maybe, yeah. Maybe it's temporary hit points, and then as soon as the combat ends, you drop those temporary yeah. hit points maybe if you hit more than your half your hit points in use then mm. you take a level of exhaustion after the fight or something yeah, like that. you could yeah. do that because you're like Ooh, absolutely but i do like the quickened healing i would definitely encourage that because i know these are all optional so far but like yeah take that for your level four uh option along with uh, the one that you get as well and then focused aim fifth mm. level when you miss with an attack roll you can spend one to three kit points to increase your attack roll by two for each of these key points you spent potentially turning the miss into a hit. So that's kind of cool. So you're like... I love that. You roll and you're like, I got an 18. That doesn't yeah. hit. I know it's like at least it's, 20. Yeah, let's do I'll it. I'll spend that. Yeah, because it's always like, yes, yeah, spending. So it's like the same with spell slots. It's like, good, good. Spend your spell slots on this because, you know, it's a rapidly diminishing yeah. pool that you won't get back until a, a short rest after the fight. There's no way to regain them within the yeah. fight. There's no potion. There's no anything like that. So I was like, oh, I like that. So those are the optional features. Uh, there's not many of them and they're all lower levels. Yeah, because that's like the only things to option. <laughs> 
All right, so let's then dive into the three classes that we get with the player's handbooks. The Way of the Open Hand, the Way of Shadow, and the Way of the Four Elements. Not in alphabetical order. No, I don't know why. So let's start with the Open Hand. If we wanted to take the subclass of the Open Hand, what are we looking at, Hamilton? It's the more traditional uh, idea of a martial artist, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's the ultimate masters of martial arts combat, whether armed or unarmed. They learn techniques to push and trip their opponents, manipulate Q to heal damage to their bodies, and practice advanced meditation that can protect them from harm. So this is definitely much more what we were talking about. Like You get effects that help you be mm. better at fighting and yeah. better at healing yourself and looking after mm. yourself in a sense. So you start off with third level, the open hand technique. You can manipulate your enemy's key when you harness your own. Whenever yeah. you hit a creature with one of the attacks granted by your flurry of blows, you can impose one of the following effects. It must succeed in a deck save or be knocked prone. It must make a strength save or it can be pushed up to 15 feet away from you. Uh, it can't take reactions until the end of your next turn. Which is pretty good, because you can imagine if you hit it and you go, you can't take reactions, and then you leave. You don't take those opportunity attacks. Right. You know, People can go in, hit, and get leave, and it can't take an opportunity attack. So that's pretty powerful at level three, I thought. You have to hit a creature with one of your attacks granted by your flurry blow. So you have to use a key point. You have to do the... Yes, to do you have it. to do that. So mm-hmm. you'd be using a key point to disengage, but at least in this, you can not just disengage, you can hit and then just run away. Yes, you know I mean? true, in, true, yeah. true. So it's like you get two hits and still get to run away. So it kind yeah. of bonuses that up. I love that one. What do you get next then, Fiona? You Next you get something called wholeness of body. So this is what we talked about, that healing stuff. So at level six, you gain the ability to heal yourself. As an action, you can regain hit points equal to three times your monk's level, but you can only do it once per long rest, essentially. I think that's pretty sweet, actually. So what's that? You start off with that's, um, yeah, 18 hit points at level six, and then mm. it's just going to get higher and higher. So that's, as an action, you just go, one second, and then you're like, okay, lock and load it and do it again. Yeah. As, as an action, I think that's great. I think that's quite a significant heal that you would get. You won't even get that with like lesser healing potions. Like even cure wounds, like unless you pump in a level to it, like it doesn't guarantee you like double, mm. you know. So I think that's a pretty, pretty. I think that's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty good. And sixty at level twenty, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Just as an action, be like, Ooh. yep, I'm ready. Oh, here the eyes are, are glowing white. Mm-hmm. Then yet level uh, eleven is tranquility. So you enter a special meditation that surrounds you with an aura of peace. Mm. At the end of a long rest, you gain the effects of the sanctuary spell, uh, which lasts to the end of your long rest. So this is basically people have to do a sort of wisdom saving for I think to hit you, and if they mm-hmm. fail it, they have to hit someone else. Essentially, they can't attack you. It's a bit like the invisibility spell. As soon as someone hits you or you attack someone, it's broken essentially. You could be at the front of combat and somebody like leaps to surprise you and then they can't hit you because you're so serene and so peaceful because they fail their, their throw and they have to either lose their attacker or hit someone else. So they might have to hit their buddy instead as they're like, God darn it, bloody monks. Just like that sort of stop in the middle of the fight. I like this in, in our darts one, right? Mm. I'm thinking it's you stop, take a sip of the beer. Yeah. In the middle of the fight and they're like, what? And they're going to punch you. And you just like move out of the way as you're like drinking the beer. And it just goes, Ooh. My pint. Yeah, exactly. Pint. <laughs> so what's the final one that we get? Uh, quivering palm. At 17th level, you gain the ability to set up lethal vibrations in someone's body when you hit a creature. This is your five-finger death punch, basically. So good. You hit a creature with an unlost right, you can spend three key points to start these imperceptible vibrations, which last for a number of days equal to your monk level. The vibrations are harmless, and if you use your action to end them, to do so, you and the target must be on the same plane of this. When you use this action, the creature must make a con save throw. If it fails, it is reduced to zero hit points. If it succeeds, it takes 
10d10 necrotic damage. You can have only one creature under the effect of this feature at a time. You can choose the end of vibrations harmlessly without using an action. How cool is that? At any time, just like... That's a level 20 action. Like, that should be... That's what you should be getting at level 20. Two and a bit weeks later, you're just there at home with your family and you go, God, my, my heart. Yeah. And it just explodes and then you're dead because <laughs> someone's gone, oh, shoot. <laughs> they just click their fingers and then that person's dead. <laughs> yeah, I really love that. And just the, the amount of damage you're 10d10 is just, oh, yeah. It's such a cool flavor. Of, like, and also, like, just I could just see it being evocative. Like, you punch and then you like, okay. You'd be doing that every go against Vecna, wouldn't you? You'd be like, three key points. Yes, keep spending those three key points just in and case. And it has to fail saving throw, so you can legendary resist. But then if you a whole team of you are just pummeling this creatures. If it succeeds, you still take 10d10. That's a lot, isn't it? So even if they don't get dropped to zero, Vecna, bosh, 10d10. Four of you, four darts players, freaking quivering <laughs> Quivering hands, it's like the darts. Quivering, <laughs> the quivering dart. 40d10, please, Vecna. So yeah, the way they open hand, I actually really love. Yeah. We'll go on to the other two, obviously, in a second, but yeah. I feel like if people just starting out with the monk and they're like, oh, I don't know, I just, just do that one. I think yeah. that that's just an easy one just to get going. And then obviously later, if you want to change to another one, that's absolutely fine. But I just think that's it has everything in that you need. And it, I think it's a really good complement to the main class features. Now, I think the Shadow One's fucking cool. Oh. It's really fucking cool. So the one monk that we had actually in my first one shot I did... There was a monk, uh, they were all 8th level, mm-hmm. and one of them was a shadow monk. And they did this, and I didn't read this, and, I was, and it completely fucks up one of my things, which is they could get across <laughs> the room, so like, how big's the gap? Well, it's about 30 feet. Is it, is it dark on both sides? So I was like, yeah. It's like, well, I just teleport. I, was like, I, just, I just step into the shadows and appear on the other side. I was like, ow. ow. And they could just go get the key, and I was like, well, all right, well, that's that one done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 fuck it. I was like, uh, fuck it. <laughs> The way of the shadow follows a tradition that uh, values stealth and subterfuge. They might be called ninjas or shadow dancers. What a great word shadow dancers is, by the way. Uh, and they serve as spies and assassins. Regardless of their methods, they are sort of expect unquestioning loyalties from their students. So this the idea that everyone mm. is incredibly focused to get to the end of the mission and get that information. That idea you said before about spies and intelligence retrieval, they are literally heisting their way into stuff and being as quiet as possible. These sort of stealthy cats of this world, like, I just, yeah, everything about them. I just, they, they're very evocative in that sort of sense. Yeah. It's like the mixture, I don't know if you played Destiny, did you play Destiny, the game? I didn't know, it wasn't Michael the game. They had two things which they had like uh they had one that was shadow focused and one that was like blade dancer and i'm just mixing those two together is blade dancer was what i played main and mm. basically what was cool about them is like if you hid you went invisible mm-hmm. which was really cool and then they had the super attack where you like people up with blades it was really cool it was like the best thing. just making me think of that which is really cool oh, they start obviously at level three with this and it's using that key we talked about it before for those level mm. 20 stuff about having keys to duplicate spells effects of some sort mm. so here it gives you some already so you can spend two key points to cast like darkness dark vision you know, to give yourself dark vision which is pretty good uh pass without a trace or silence so again these are very much like in the theme of shadows etc uh and you'd obviously do it without material components and you get minor illusion as well yeah as a as a cantrip so i love that i kind of like that so it goes back to the whole thing of like yeah spend two key points because you know darkness and pass mm. without a trace they are level two spells and mm. silences as well i think great someone heard you as we were talking and then it was like yeah it's in it's in the way of the shadows god yeah. then this is what you talked about shadow steps at level yeah. six 
you gain the ability to step from one shadow into another. If you are in dim light or darkness as a bonus action, it's not even an action, it's a bonus action. You can teleport up to 60 feet away in an uh, unoccupied space that you can see also within dim light. You then have advantage on the first melee attack you make before the end of the turn. And there's no limit to it, which that's I'm so going to say... That's what I want for anything that gives you Misty Step. I was going to say, pretty much should never step. have a freaking proficiency. You can only do it like four times. Misty mm. Step, because they always do it with Misty Step. They're like, you get the ability to do Misty Step, but only a few times. This one, they're like, yeah, you can jump through shadows no matter, whatever you fucking like. And you're like, <laughs> shadows, well, got plenty of them, mate. Get <laughs> to fucking organize wizards and sort your life out. This is great. This is what you yeah. need to do because you should have, you should be able to do Misty Step. Everyone wants to be Gambit, so <laughs> no, Nightcrawler. I keep saying Gambit because of the cards we're talking it's, about. The it's because we were talking about Book of Many Things recently. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you want to be in that Nightcrawler of just jumping in and out of existence, like teleporting. Exactly. Absolutely. At 11th level, Cloak of Shadows. Wow. You have learned to become one with the shadows. When you are in an area of dim light or darkness, you can use your action to become invisible. You remain invisible until you make an attack, cast spell, or in an area of bright Light. You were just like, I'm going to teleport to this shadow and then stay there. Yeah, because yeah, that shadow step, you just can do it. And then you go, action, yeah. invisible. <laughs> and you're like, I am Batman. I am yeah. the shadows. <laughs> I am the darkness. It's greater invisibility where you can hit things whilst being invisible, isn't it? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that will be the thing is that later levels, it goes from invisibility to greater invisibility. Would be a good way to like boost it, wouldn't it? Like yeah. once you hit level 20, when you hit 15 or something, or even 10 maybe. So you get this at 11. So I think, yeah, maybe at, at, at higher levels of 15 uh, or even, even 20 would good be point. fucking great as well. Yeah. Like I'm always invisible. <laughs> and then opportunist at 17th level, you can exploit a creature's momentary distraction when it is hit by an attack. Whenever a creature within five feet of you is hit by an attack made by a creature other than you, you can use reaction to make a melee attack against it yourself. That's pretty good. So yeah, if you've got your, your rogue that's gone up and done a sneak attack and the person's like, ah, and you're like, ah, it's hit. Ah, it's like on all the sides. Yeah. I think obviously for this one, the way of the shadow, it is the movement and mm. being invisible. Like the key point thing for spells great early on to just be like darkness so that's the thing as well you could use your key points that's the action you can create darkness yeah. or pass without a trace and silence all that sort of thing. silence them and then on your next turn action or teleport action invisible all that sort of thing so you can, re you can yeah. really stack up where you're going and then oh yeah so you, they could you, know, you could be next to someone invisible and somebody with a range like your ranger just shoots with a bow hits them and they're like oh and i'll also hit as well so it doesn't matter yeah. if that, you know if you're within five feet of somebody else uh who's yeah just oh Love it. What do you think of Way of Shadow? Uh, I think like it's cool. It's very evocative and like, very vibes, mm. I think. But I do think like the way of the open hand, instantly I'm just like, yeah, but then I can do all this stuff. So I guess it's a way of getting around the back up battlefield sneaky-like and not as open, perhaps. It's a stealth-focused character. Yeah. But, but why can't you have an assassinate feature like they do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, I yes. would say you can swap opportunists for Quivering Palm. You don't get like double proficiency in stealth yeah. either you could get no. that as an option for one of your proficiencies you do get passed out a trace though which is like plus 10 you do but like i feel like at this point and to everyone around you if you're sneaking around you want to have that expertise in yeah. stealth and silence and passive yeah you know, so that even dragons couldn't necessarily pinpoint where you are i think that's the thing though it's like maybe you could i would be happy if someone said i want to go down the assassinate route then i'd be yeah. like yeah you could take quiver and palmer 17th instead of opportunist yeah totally absolutely the way it's themed yeah absolutely. yeah just theming it as this point like is you're completely silent you get advantage on your attack because you're behind them five figure death punch 
and you leave. And if you've got greater invisibility, they don't know it's you. Well, even then, you you do, you do your attack. You so see, you've got two actions. Mm. You've gone into the shadow behind them. Mm-hmm. You come out. You're not invisible at that point. You just get advantage on your attacks. It said you get advantage on melee with your when you've come out of a shadow. Mm-hmm. Advantage, hit five finger death punch. Yeah. Step back into the shadow. Action. <laughs> action. Invisible. Invisible. Click your fingers. They're dead. Yeah. Which is a bonus action. So literally, you've just gone, foom, bosh, foom, hidden, dead. So efficient. But then in our final player's handbook This is one, the biggest one. I'm really, I'm really like, oh crap, we've actually got a bastard. Don't worry, we'll be fine. The way of the four elements. Essentially, this is your last uh, airbender avatar S type thing. It's you learn to harness the elements. So when you focus your key, you can align yourself with the forces of creation and then the four elements to your will. So some members of this tradition dedicate themselves to a single element, but others weave the elements together. So I do think you can be quite evocative in how you describe your attacks. Mm. And then it talks about obviously like, you know, tattoos, et cetera, about things that are commonly imagined uh, as representations of these key powers. Instantly, I'm like, okay, I I can definitely see media touchstones, which I would go to if I wanted to play a a particular monk using this subclass. And this is where we get our more spellcasting version that I was saying, like, could be part of the standard thing. But there's a lot of like, oh, it's a lot. There's, you know, you get spell the keyboard, monk levels, certain key points that you need to use, maximum key points for a spell. And then it gives you different, for all of these different ones, it gives you disciple of the elements at the beginning, where Mm -hmm. you get to choose the tradition at third level, which is all these other ones. You harness uh, the power of the four elements and then something requires you to spend key points each time you use it. And you gain one additional element discipline at 6th, 11th and 17th. So there's these different disciplines. So mm-hmm. the casting for each of them, once you reach fifth level in the class, you can spend an additional key point to increase the level of elemental discipline spell that you cast, provided the spell has an enhanced effect higher level, such as Burning Hands does. So then... Oh. <laughs> I'm just seeing the sweat on uh, Hamilton's brow looking this through. I, 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 no, but I read it and I was like, I don't get it. Basically, it's a second level spell. It would be two key points. Yeah. And then if you can then use an additional key point at fifth level to go, well, that's now a third level spell, basically. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's always going to be that base cost of two. And then you, as you increase it up, yeah. you can uh, yeah, use additional key points. But there are different ones because all of them are oh. different, like, require different key points. So like... Instead of my level order, that yeah. makes it, you read it and you're like, I don't fucking understand. Yeah. Yeah. You get some really cool ones. And they, as I said, it's a maximum up to the ones that you get at 17th level or yes. six, basically. Things you get at 13th level are five. Things you get uh, between ninth and 12th or fourth. And like, that's basically how it breaks down. Yes. So the reason why I was saying this, uh, in case it's not obvious, so you this is what it is. You just pick out the whatever discipline you get at the, each class feature you get. Yeah. Essentially, you just get another one. You get another one. So mm. very much like um, I'm thinking those uh, magical secrets that bards get as well. You, it's not for anything specific. It's just that you get another one of these disciplines essentially, just to make that very clear. Oh, so you can only choose one. I think so. You learn one additional elemental discipline. At or you could level. replace it. When you get a new uh, one at That's 6th, it. 11th, 17th, you then can replace one you already know uh, if you wish to. At most, you'll have four of these. So it's very customizable for what you're you're doing. Yeah, you know elemental attunement and one other elemental discipline. Exactly. So let's talk about elemental attunement because every monk will have that. So you use your action to briefly control the elemental forces within 30 feet of you, causing one of the following effects. Create a harmless sensory effect, basically almost like thaumaturgy, essentially, or mm. druidcraft, using some sort of like air, earth, fire, or water instantaneously snuff out or light a candle as always or, or small campfire which is always useful just like 
fire we have a go uh chill or warm a pound of non-living material for up to an hour now you might think what the hell is the point in that well let me tell you if you're up a mountainside and you maybe need to get warm quickly warming up the front of your tabard or in front of your armor that's pretty useful mm -hmm. to just quickly do that without spending a, a spell swap per se and if you don't have palmaturgy or cause earth fire water or mist that can fit within a one foot cube to shape itself into a crude form that you design for a minute you're like mm, what could that be but then again it could be like you're going to, I don't know, cast almost like an illusion type figure, someone mm. in the mist perhaps, or maybe yeah. someone on fire to like frighten someone away. Again, that's what I would do for flavorsome things perhaps. Someone's at a campfire, I want to freak them out and you just start making a face appear in the fire and go, I am the master that's going to get you. So that's very much a, a flavorsome thing, but it means, again, what a great distraction you can do. People yeah. go, what the heck is that? And you're like, right, now for the other monks to jump into position, you know. As a nice one, flavorsome was, again, I remember this is at like third level, you're already going to get lots of combat stuff from your main class, so I, I can imagine this is this for me is all right as a here's a is a freebie stuff. But then obviously you can get the other ones as well. So mm. looking at it in general, I think the ones that you can get from third level are uh, I'll, I'll just name them. So I think it's Fangs of the Fire Snake, yep. Fists of Four Thunders, yep. Fist of Broken Unbroken Air, Rush of the Gale Spirits, Shake the Flowing River, Sweeping Cinder Strike, mm -hmm. and Water Whip. Water Whip. So again, it is using those elements. You know, using them mm. for, uh, whether it is you're you're casting a particular spell like Burning mm. Hands. That's the Cinder Strike one essentially. Uh, the Water Whip is like that. You're, you're creating that whip of water to shove an unbalanced creature, which I think is pretty pretty ace essentially. It's up to three d ten bludgeoning damage plus one d ten if they very key point, which is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Fangs of the Fire Snake. You can spend one key point to cause tendrils of flame to stretch out from your fists and feet. Uh, and arm strike increases by 10 feet for that action as well as the rest of the turn which is really cool I love that there's this fire punch coming straight towards you and it just yeah. extends from your own hand so cool <laughs> and it does 1d10 10 I don't know why I went 1d10 but to do 1d10 fire damage to the person that you yeah. hit yeah and if you spend one key point when the attack hits and not only with the bludgeoning damage that turns to fire damage you get another d10 on top mm. of that that's pretty pretty well and then like you know Fist of Four Thunders that's just Two points Thunder for Thunderwave. Wave. And then Rush of the Gale Spirits, that's two points for Cast of Gust of Wind. Unbroken air, blast of compressed air that strikes like a mighty fist. 30 feet, oh, so strength cool. saving throw, 3d10 plus 1d10 for everything. Push the creature up 20 feet away. Kind of similar to the other one. Water Whip brings them closer to you. Yeah. The fangs and the yeah the unbroken air is like, get out. And then Shape of the Flowing River as well. You get to spend one keyboard to use an area of ice or water no larger than 30 feet on a side within 120 feet of you. You can change the water to ice within the area and vice versa. You can reshape ice in the area in any manner you choose. You can so you can do ice sculpturing. You can raise or lower the ice's elevation, create or fill a trench, erect or flatten a wall, form a pillar. For example, if you affect a 30-foot square, you can create a pillar up to 50 feet high, raise or lower this. You know, you could just fuck about with water and ice, basically. But again, if you if you had a bit of time, like we need to ambush someone, you know, yeah. you know, it's a way to again, it's it is very much the the Rivendell scene, yeah. like with the horses and the river, sort of, you know, like you can describe it like that per se. The one thing I'd say we, we won't need to go into all the all the rest per se, unless unless you would like to. It just feels like there's, yeah. there's enough. Again, I do find that not by level order really frustrating, and that happens with yeah. quite a few of these as well. Like the warlock invocations has the same problem fighting maneuvers it's always alphabetical rather than here's what you can get by level and splitting them out like that so split by level then by uh, alphabetical would I think be a lot easier these are basically the spells I would have you know a lot of the spells we were saying we should choose mm. in the other thing yeah that's the spells this proves my sort of problem with this mm. it's a bit like the ranger where mm. the class only really works based on a 
multitude of really cool things you get in the subclasses. Yes, yeah. And actually the class falls down because actually some of those elements should just be technically within the class Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. fundamentally. And you can expand upon them in the subclasses, but it feels a bit like they didn't have enough ideas. Yeah, so the one thing it makes me think of, and I appreciate we've not talked about barbarians personally. We've done it on this podcast, but we've not talked about it. So the Storm Herald Barbarian, it does fire ice and lightning mm. as their free things and for each one of the things they'd be like you have an aura you can do this you can do and it just splits it into mm. each level it is themed around that element and that's the thing i think here is that you pick an element it's the same thing you get an aura but it's different at each one you know, totally agree it's, it just makes it so much simpler because you've only got four elements i mean obviously if we're going to do like an inner planes can you imagine like an ooze uh monk for example yeah. that would be cool or a vacuum monk. Vacuum monk. That's cool. Again, I could definitely see this as something that we could easily like create our own elemental disciplines, perhaps. But I just think like you're just yeah. going to shape it up a little bit. I would just be like, have the four main elements and then have like, you know, inner planes monk. Can I suggest a crazy one D&D thing? Do it. There's no such thing as a subclass. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that you just have the list of all the stuff and then you make your own. Mix and match and build it yourself. Yeah. I think you can have the subclasses as like, here's your one. Suggestions like, for how to make. Suggested yeah. to make. But actually, that makes so much more sense. That would be the thing to make this different is like each level you get to choose and you can customize and create min-max however you bloody like. Because if I was going to take from these three, Mm. I would be like, okay, well, I'm taking Quivering Parton because it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I'm going to take Shadow Step. Yeah. I will probably take a few, a bit of these four elements. Yeah, I think so too. And mix that with a baseline. A monk, that's the monk I want. I want something that Mm. can jump through the shadows do the quivering palm and when it uses it hit when i'm just hitting about i could just like put some burning hands i only want the baseline ones nothing for six or 17th level i'll just yeah. take the base that'll be my base thing yeah like they had like for example there's like the clench of the north wind which is that is that hold person yeah. thing so again like that almost like that vulcan pinch you pinch someone and they go and you're like yeah. right now i could talk to you i take the fire snake so i could be at a distance just from the shadows shooting fiery snakes coming at you yeah i do agree with that with the elemental stuff it just feels a little bit all over the place and i think that's just the format of it but i think like keep it simple but i ultimately i think the same for every class you have suggested like 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 we'll go on to it at some point we'll talk about the fighter and suggestions from tashes which talks about if you want to make a certain type of fighter here's the feats you'd need to take and i think that's really helpful but then maybe if i just want to be like okay I have suggested subclasses, but then I can yeah. mix them match. Unfortunately, neither of us are really game designers, so it probably will absolutely break the game if we just say if there has to be some sort of prerequisites, perhaps. Yeah. It'll be interesting to try like proper mix and match. And we talked about it with the Epic Player Guide as well, is that if you had multi-class, we haven't really spoken about multi-classing in this particular monk class anyway, mm-hmm. but having that ability to, when you get to the end of level 20, and then you want to go do Epic, it says, well, you choose which features you want, and then you go into those Epic levels. But you have to be... Fully yeah. 20 in monk. Yeah, exactly. You can pick the features that you like from other things. And I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. When we came in and sat down to this, I, was, I hadn't really thought about like what kinds of one-shots could we do. But yeah, sports team related would be so much fun. And I think it would be something that I we could introduce people to who maybe aren't versed in, you know, because everyone loves playing spellcasters or everyone yeah. likes playing, oh, I'm just going to full force like barbarians. But here... If you wanted as a player or have a group of players who are like, we really want to get the ins and outs, we're struggling with combat a little bit, playing all monks and then using that ability, it just makes you think a little bit more about the turn order, about using everything. So yeah, I, yeah I'd yeah, i like to play a monk now. Like I, I really feel like excited to try them out and like really hone in on it. I think we should charge the listeners with letting us know if they'd like to see us do one-shots. Oops, Oops all. all. 
But obviously, next time we'll look at the other traditions that come yes. from. Uh, we've got uh, Xanapar's Guide to Everything, Tasha's Cauldron of. Uh, I was going to say Tasha's Cauldron of Hideous Laughter, mm. Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Uh, we also have Sword Coast Adventurous Guide that's yes. coming back. We've also got Fizzbands, uh, one of our favorite books from a, pr- yes. a couple of years ago. And then, of course, we've got uh, Critical Role, the Taldore campaign. Um, Explorer's Guide to Wildmount as well, where it talks about the way of the Corporal Soul. So mm. lots to lots to look into there. So that's uh, another eight we'll be looking into. There's a lot of stuff in that Corporal Soul. It's definitely home, mm. you know, it's definitely homebrew because they've given you more. Because <laughs> Matt Mercer yeah. is generous. So yeah, so we'll be looking at those next time. But thank you so much, Hamilton, for uh, coming with me on this journey of... Sort Absolute of, pleasure. Uh, like fighting fitness, etc. I'm very, yeah. very keen to do more. Where can we find you? What things oh. can we expect from the Where's wonderful world out? of Hamilton? Up soon. <laughs> it's good. I think the Kickstarter will be finished by now. I so think it will, it yeah. will be. But hopefully, I mean, it was doing well so far. So even if it just stopped today, it's done really well. So that's... Will you be having back a kit pre-order? Will people be able to get it elsewhere? Yes, there will be ways to purchase this after the fact. I'm focusing, I'm going to focus on delivering the actual uh, item straight away to the people that have backed. Yep. And with that, I'm going to give a bit of leeway to people who have the digital copies so they can have yes. those digital copies for a bit beforehand. So that will be that. So I would probably say it, those are all going to go out in April time. So I'd say in the summertime, it will probably then go up as a, I'd say then we'd be nice. open, open shop once again, I'd yes. say in the summer. Yeah. Other than that, Bows and Spelljarrow will still be coming out and filled by Woo-hoo. chaos. Lots more Warhammery stuff going on there. I'm, do, I'm trying to do a little bit more reactive videos on Warhammer. And because tonight I have a spare moment because Fiona's uh, abandoning me for our All evening right. session. Uh, classic Fiona, busy, busy, classic. does everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fiona. <laughs> Passive aggressive coming back out again. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here all night. Uh, so uh, I will. I probably might do some more of those. So, yeah, so you can find that on Fuel, Fueled Chaos. All one word are uh, everywhere. And talking of being everywhere. Ah, very good. Very good. It's as smooth as a punch with flames coming out of the fist. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Where, What Am I Rolling is a twice-monthly tabletop RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it's going very, very well. Uh, the interviews are starting to come out now. We've just had, at time of recording, the one that came out, which was an uh, interview with Daniel Hand, who's the RPG therapist and how he uses mm. uh, his own RPG system with his clients usually younger clients about exploring issues that are affecting them which is really great we'll also have an interview with game therapy uk which is a charity uk-based charity which uses primarily dnd but other systems as well with groups of uh vulnerable people such as uh the unhoused and uh, the war veterans and just discussing like you know what are the benefits for for doing that sort of thing and the answer is loads of benefits uh why aren't we funding this sort of stuff keep us all connected and actually give us some social skills and like build us back yep. up from a place so that we which is quite dark for some people and we've got a few other one shots and stuff and as hamilton has alluded to yes i i'll be i don't know if it'll be out by the time this is out but i am doing some various recordings for various things coming out on other people's channels which is very exciting i will be playing yeah. i'll tell you what the system i'll be playing i'll be playing orbital blues which is this Ooh. sad cowboys one and essentially uh, I I might have hecked myself a little bit by um, basically picking Del Boy 
to uh, embody as my character. So I'm a bit of a wheeler dealer, uh, which oh, I know right. I know I don't look it. The face paint's coming out again, Hamilton. You'll be glad to know. I'm going to have the uh, the awful beard and maybe yes. maybe more of a maybe more of a mustache, perhaps when we we record. Are you going to so. do a Cockney accent? Oh, I'm going to try and do what I call an East End accent. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it works. Might be a lot of like like that sort of like hand gestures, uh, which doesn't work well on audio. I think that's everything. I think that's it. Yeah. I All right. I need to eat. We need to. Yeah, we need to go get lunch. I think. I'm gonna. Here's a reference for a game changer. I'm hungry. You're hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> With all that out of the way, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the flip side. Flip side. <laughs> 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 <laughs>